G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I did some research into mum's side of the family, and she's got dads, but my dad's side of the family. And I started looking into the name of the town my dad came from, and I found the family name. And I contacted one person, and they said, Oh, yeah, Uncle Peter. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Peter Vasic was at a low point in his life where he began to think that he had no future. It was about at this time that God revealed to him his past, that is, his family's heritage, going all the way back to the former Yugoslavia. This led him to an interest in restoring old photographs, and eventually his life was restored. We'll find out how it all fits together as today Peter shares his story and the many challenges he's faced. He's chatting with Karen Hunt from his home in Adelaide. Peter Vasic, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. You've told me that you have a Serbo-Croatian background. Were you actually born in Australia or born overseas? No, I was born here in 1960. My father was um, from a region called Kosovo in the former Yugoslavia, mm. Serbian region, and my mum was from uh, northern Yugoslavia, Croatian Hungarian heritage. So, um, yeah, um, I had an older brother who was also born here. So, what brought them out to Australia? My dad became a soldier with the Royal Yugoslav Army in 1939 as a result of uh, Yugoslavia being invaded by the Germans. He was conscripted. For the first six months, he spent his time uh, in his cabin uh, and um, the latrines just, uh, you know, enjoying the sea lots uh, until they said, look, we can't use you here. You have to go into the army. So he was sent to the Royal Yugoslav Army, uh, whereupon he ended up in Malta and then North Africa. Seconded to the British, he fought alongside the British uh, under them for the war and was captured uh, two or three times in his period there, sent back to Yugoslavia and was in camps there, escaped and made his way back to the regions he needed to to be shipped back to North Africa. He was injured just prior to the end of the war and uh, was unable to leave the, the camp where he was at and he was also unable to go back to what was now a communist country, uh, Yugoslavia, because of his attachment to the Royal Yugoslav Army. Mm. They were the mortal en- enemy to the communists. Oh. So if he had gone back, he would have been killed. Absolutely. He spent 
two years in recuperation from his injuries and then worked at a camp called El Shat as an MP for the British, uh, which was a refugee camp for all displaced Southern Europeans. By 1948, his time was up with the army. Uh, the British um, allowed him to leave and he was discharged, but he had to make a choice. And it was either Australia, Canada, the United States or the UK. Now, he had fought alongside Aussies in the desert. And the stories that I'd heard over the years were, he said, nobody was crazier than the Aussies when they fought. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he said uh, he enjoyed being with the British because they were so uh, forthright up across, yes sir, no sir, three bad four sir, whereas the Australians tended to do things on a more <laughs> loose uh, basis. A little bit more easygoing, hey? Yeah, yeah. Even when they fought, he said, but they had a way about them that intimidated the Germans and he really, really felt an affinity to that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing he said to me was the way they used to keep this egg around and call it a football. <laughs> Uh, and he said, that's the place I have to go. It's on the other side of the earth. There is no wars that could possibly ever get there, and these people have what I believe to be the right way at looking at life. So he came here in 1948. Wow. So do you have older siblings? I had one brother who was killed in a hit-and-run accident outside our home in 1999. Uh, He was my older brother by 18 months, and um, that was it. How old was he at the time? 41. And yourself? I was 39, Mm. and um, we were at that time living together in a home, our family home, and um, I was at work, a couple of miles away, uh, on a straight road from where I lived. As I came out of uh, where I worked, I could see down the road all these flashing lights, you know, the ambulance and the police. And immediately, immediately I drove out. I thought, oh, something's happened to Alex. <sighs> I don't know why, I just knew it. And as I drove up, I got closer and closer and closer. I had to turn left, and as I turned left, I could see the light up. On the road, my brother lying there. And I said, yeah, that's Alex. And uh, I had to go over, got out my car, walked over 30 metres, and the police tried to hold me back. Said, who are you? What are you doing? I said, that's my brother there on the road. Um, And they just looked at me, and I was just in a state of shock. Uh, But I knew it was him. I said, that's my brother, and he's gone. Mm. So, um, yeah. That's very uh, distressing. I can only imagine at that time. Oh, it was, um, yeah, it was a very difficult time. How did that impact your family? My father had died uh, three years before. Mm-hmm. So basically, my life with my first wife had, you know, finished with um, divorced, and I was living on my own with my brother. Uh, it was before I met uh, Kathy, my, my wife now, and um, it just uh, sent me into a downward spiral at that time, uh, which was really difficult. And uh, his nephews and nieces, my kids, uh, they just didn't 
something you'd like prayer for we'd love to pray for you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME that's 1-800-772-936 it's a free call or text 0401 132 Hi I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story we're continuing with Karen Hunt chatting with Peter Vasick who's sharing his life journey Before the break, Peter was sharing about the deaths of many loved ones in his life and the impact this has had on him. However, as we'll hear, the word restoration begins to become a theme. 
Peter, what did your father die from? My dad died from two things, or several things, I should say. A broken heart, because from when my mum died, he never recovered from that. His life was revolved around her, and he didn't look after himself in the way that she would have looked after him. Now, I know that sounds old-fashioned, but, you know, he didn't do the things that he would have been reminded to be done yeah. by my mum. Yeah. He got diabetes and complications from that that could have been managed, but he just didn't have that. The wherewithal, the, the, the want to continue to do things because life wasn't the same for him. Yes. And then he passed away in 1996. So for you, Peter, first mm-hmm. your mum died, mm-hmm. your marriage died, mm-hmm. your father died. Yes. That's a lot of hardship already at quite a young age. Where was God in the picture then? He wasn't. Not from my perspective. Um, When I say he wasn't, he was there, but I wasn't. So my father came from Serbian Orthodox traditions, and um, he was a very proud Serbian Orthodox man, but he he didn't foist the religion upon me. He just always had references to God, through our lives, it was like water off a duck's back. My mother's side of the family, my great-grandfather, was a Lutheran evangelical minister. Oh, wow. And his father was a Lutheran evangelical minister Mm -hmm. uh, who set up a church, or what would they call it, church planting. Yes. I planted a church in in, um, southern Hungary and northern Serbia in the late, 1700s, early 1800s. And people say to me, pardon, your great-great-grandfather <laughs> in the 1700s. I said, yeah. And your great-grandfather in the 1800s. I said, yeah. I said, I haven't had, you know, they lived a long time, these people. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, but he died in the late 1800s, and then my grandfather died in the 1950s. But I never got to meet, meet these people. But it's in your bloodline. Well, apparently. <laughs> and at the time you had no clue? No, no. I had no clue whatsoever. So life just had its way of moving forward. And then I met Kathy, my wife-to-be, by sheer luck. Um, and it was a match. I mean, you love these words. Made in heaven. Beautiful. God said to me, must have said, there he is, Um, there she is, mate, you've had a rough trot. Yeah. This one needs to be there for you because she is everything the Bible says a woman should be. My only way of envisaging an angel in heaven is her. Wow. Wow. So let's let's jump ahead a little bit. The art business. Are yes. you still working in that industry now with your new family arrangement? Yes. I now am involved in uh, photo restoration, 
photo colorization, historical research revol- uh, revolved around that. I also do illustration and cartooning and animation stuff that uh, I, I work with, uh, and I'm developing that area within the photo restoration work that I do. So I'm looking to animate historical photos mm. that I've colorized and uh, so forth. So, yes, I do that sort of work now, and it is so fulfilling and so wonderful when you can create something and bring it to life just through its colorization. And now I'm uh, working at the, um, the embryonic stages of animating photographs. It just takes on a whole new dimension. Peter, I'm interested to know, did this come out of fascination for finding out about your own family history? Yes, <laughs> it did actually. Well, we'll have to stop it right there because we've run out of time on today's program. But we invite you to join us again next time as we'll hear more of Peter Vasek sharing his story. And specifically, we'll find out how learning more about his own family history ultimately leads Peter to starting his own photograph restoration business. Now, at this point in Peter's story, he's gone through some very rough times with the death of many loved ones. But Jesus tells us in the Bible, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Also, the Bible says God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Next time, we'll hear how the theme of restoration continues in Peter's life, not only in his business of restoring old photographs, but also God leads him on a restoration journey of his own. All that and more is coming up next time. Meanwhile, if you want to learn more about Peter's business, his website is pastcolors.com. That's pastcolors.com.au. Well, until next time, when we'll hear more of Peter Vasek's story, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. One day, Kathy just sat there and looked at me and I said, we're effectively going to lose everything. And then I said, Kathy, if that's the way, that's the way. This God that I've sort of talked about lately, I said, he'll he'll have to handle this. Peter Vasek has always had a natural talent for art and has worked in the graphic and fine arts industry. So when he began researching his family's history, this eventually led to starting a photo restoration business. Little did he know at the time that God would lead him on his own restoration journey. We'll hear more of Peter Vasek's story next time. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.